Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. I apologize, not for being Andrew Zimmel, but I apologize for not putting a podcast out these past couple weeks. We had a bunch of different things happening all over the different places. Uh, ironically enough, it coincides with the men's basketball having a great stretch, women's basketball having an even better stretch, and baseball starting their season. So, we're getting into it as the month of February closes and the month of March opens. I felt like this would be the perfect time. A leap day episode, even though we missed last what, two weeks. So apologies for that, but we're going to get into all of it. We're going to talk about the Globe Life uh, games coming up this weekend as TCU baseball plays just in their backyard in Arlington. We're going to talk about women's basketball now that everybody is relatively healthy they look like they're making a nice little stretch run and then men's basketball potentially having a bye going into the big 12 tournament so a lot to cover but first gotta remind you subscribe rate and review to the hypnotoad podcast wherever you get your podcast whether that be apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify wherever you get your audio medium we are there make sure that you leave a review on apple podcast and send it to the boss, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. He will send you a free college sports koozie back. Leave us a nice review. We love uh, to see that. It helps to build helps build the brand, helps grow the brand, and, uh, you know, you'll make my mom very proud. All right, let's talk women's hoops. It's wild to start a podcast with women's basketball. It's even more wild when you consider that men's basketball potentially gets a buy, but I wanted to start with the women's side of things for one of two reasons. One, I don't think Sidora Prince is getting enough national attention. I understand it's women's hoops. I understand it's women's college basketball. I, I get that a lot of you already are saying to yourselves, Zimmel, why are you starting the podcast with this? You take two weeks off and you come back and you talk women's hoops? Trust me on this one. So Sidora Prince is already having one of the best seasons in TCU women's basketball history, okay? But recently, as of recently as today, she has been put on the college all-star game watch list. Six foot seven center was one of 50 seniors or graduate students to be selected to the watch list, voted on by a panel of national media members and former coaches. So Prince is one of eight Big 12 players, along with players from Baylor and BYU and Kansas or whoever. The Liberty Hill grad uh, is averaging 21 and 10 with three and a half blocks per game. She's the Big 12 active leading scorer and is top of the conference in blocks. She's the only player nationwide to average 20 and 10 with three blocks per night. Numbers that are astronomical, numbers that the Big 12 hasn't seen since Brittany Griner who recently got her number retired in the jerseys. Prince is also a finalist for the Lisa Leslie Award, named to the best women's basketball player, and to the Wooden Award midseason top 25 list in January. She was twice the Big 12 Player of the Week, but you got to remember, she also missed substantial time uh, due to injuries. All right, why do I bring that up? Well, when she was hurt, most of the team was hurt as well, and that's when TCU had their hardest stretch of the season, losing games to Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas, Houston, and then, of course, having to forfeit two games. But since then, it hasn't got a lot better. So they beat UCF, but then lost to Tech, Kansas, 
Oklahoma, which is right now at the top of the conference, and Texas, which is right behind him, also lost to West Virginia. But wait, things start getting better. Mid-February, win against Cincinnati, beat BYU, Houston, a win, Texas Tech. They win their final game of the home season on senior night yesterday, Wednesday afternoon, 73-52. Okay, So you're telling me, hey, we have a chance here. Yes, we do. This season, TCU rattled off 14 straight wins to start the season. Injuries happen. You go 6-11 in conference play. But you're peaking at the right time. Granted, it's against teams like Tech and, uh, and Cincinnati that you're beating here. But I'll take it. Okay, now you're going to have to have a pretty good Big 12 tournament if you're the women's side of things, right? The men's side of things as well, but they have have had a season that essentially locks them in to an NCAA tournament bid. Nothing is given. Everything is earned. Nothing is taken for granted. However, the men's side of the bracket, they have enough quad one and quad two wins, and the Big 12 conference on the men's side is so good that those wins kind of help, right? The the wins that they have help boost their ranking. Does that make sense? Okay. Women's side, this is a transfer team. This is a lot of different, uh, there's a a lot of different factors building in here, but I will take what I'm given. And a 20-point win or 21-point win against Texas Tech is huge. Mark Campbell becomes TCU's First or the winning is first year head coach with the win. And you got it, like I said, at 19 and 9, 6 and 11 in the conference play, you gotta think to yourself that this record probably is a lot better if Sidora Prince doesn't get hurt and if other players don't get hurt as well. Madison Connor gave TCU three scores. She was one of three scores in double figures. She had 13 and game high, six assists, went three of seven from behind the uh the arc. Uh, Prince had 25 points of the night, gave TCU a huge lead in the third quarter. Uh, now they travel to, um, they travel to Morgantown to take on West Virginia to end the season. So we look at the big 12, the big 12 women's, uh, tournament Oklahoma beats Texas yesterday so they clinched the number one seed they win the regular season this is your women's basketball standings to this point Oklahoma Texas Kansas State Baylor West Virginia those are your top five teams Iowa State Kansas Oklahoma State TCU that rounds out the uh following five BYU Tech Cincinnati Houston UCF okay what does that mean for TCU? So they're looking like they're going to end up being, I think, like the eighth seed in this tournament that starts next Thursday, March 7th, in Kansas City. All that to say this. the Right now, ESPN, the bracketology that comes out, they update it, I think, daily at this point. Right now, it's not looking... Right now, it's not looking like they have TCU in the tournament. Their last four in Maryland, Texas A&M, and Kansas. That doesn't that shouldn't make TCU fans feel very good, especially when you consider, like previously mentioned, that uh, they are a better basketball team than I think most of these teams. But you lose a game to Kansas 
all at home a couple Saturdays ago, and, and this is what, what you get. So I want to start with that. I want to talk to TCU men's basketball just for a second as well. As they wrap their season up, they play at BYU this Saturday. Then they go to Morgantown on Wednesday, and then they have their final home game against UCF. Big 12 tournament for the men's starts March 12th. That's two two weeks from today. They've gone on a nice little run. Big win against uh, Cincinnati last week, a loss to Texas Tech, and a loss to Baylor, two ranked losses. Not exactly what you would love to see out of uh, your Horn Frogs. Three of the last five ranked games TCU has ended up losing. So not exactly the most, uh, not exactly the best stat that you would like to see. However, when you look at the uh, Big 12 tournament and you look at any sort of bracketology for the men's side of things, TCU is firmly in. I've seen as high as an 8 seed and I've seen as low as a 10 seed uh, on a lot of different, the Ken Palm one, and then we also look at ESPN. I, I like to go to off the ESPN one a lot. Theirs has TCU as an eight seed playing Michigan State in the West region. So the number one seed in that uh, on that side of the bracket would be future Big 12 opponent Arizona. The Big 12 this season for basketball has proven to be the most competitive maybe ever. I, I don't think. Maybe the Big East in the uh, 80s and 90s, ACC in the early 2000s. But I don't remember a time where the conference was this stacked from top to bottom. And partly that has to do with the fact that this is a swole Big 12 this year, that you have teams like UCF and Cincinnati and, of course, Houston, right, that are doing as well as they're doing. I think that's part of it. But the other part of it has to be the fact that this conference has always been a pretty good basketball conference and you have teams that have very much stepped up their game. Jamie Dixon, though, great job this season. Uh, I, I don't think anybody can disagree with that, that he has done a, a phenomenal job of getting this team to this point. Right now, the record is better than it was last year. They're 19-9, 8-7 in conference play. Uh, they all have played better than I think many of us thought they would play. It makes me feel good about the future. But with teams like Houston and then Arizona, of course, moving into the conference next year, good is not going to be good enough. TCU has to continue to get better and better on the men's side of things. Otherwise, they're going to be really in the same spot that teams like Texas Tech and uh, Baylor are as well. Because it, they, you, there's a difference between having consistently good and getting to the point of being great. And TCU has a chance to do that if they continue to draft, or not draft well, if they continue to recruit well and send players into uh, the NBA draft. Let's talk about some uh, scoring outputs here. TCU's got three players in double figures, almost four, with the rise of uh, Jacoby, Jacoby Cole. Uh, so it's Emmanuel Miller, Micah Peavy, Jameer Nelson Jr. Those All three of those players averaging double figures for you this season, with Emmanuel Miller being one of the best three-point shooters in the conference as well, shooting about at a 40% clip. Other players shooting really well, of course, is Tavion Trenenson, who's averaging under uh, 
10 points per game as well. He's scoring right around nine points per game, but shooting 42% from behind the arc. This team rebounds well, not a great rebounding team. They still struggle. They do not have a single player averaging more than five rebounds per game. Emmanuel Miller at 5.8. Ernest Udu Jr., he's coming off the bench. Or correction, he started a couple, he started a bunch of games as well, but he's played in a small, I, I don't think of him as, as, in, as the most impactful starter. That's probably uh, my fault. Uh, he's averaging about five rebounds per game. So, look, rebounding is the name of the game. I would not say that TCU will win the Big 12 Conference Championship this year in the tournament. I think that they could go, they could go a few rounds deep in the NCAA tournament, uh, but that's still that's that's asking for a lot um, from this team. They a team that went to the uh, Sweet Sixteen last year. I think that they could go. Probably they might be able to get back to that point, but it's not going to be an easy road um, by any mean uh, any means. Let's talk baseball, baseball, baseball because. We missed the start of the season. I apologize for that. That was 100% on me. So start the season absolutely being the breaks off of uh, some teams by scoring a ton of runs. So Florida Gulf Coast, they beat 10-9, 13-10, 11-6. A lot of people were asking questions. Hey, what's up with these three-run wins? Why can't we beat Florida Gulf Coast by a little bit more? This is a team that allegedly is going to go back to Omaha, right? My preview said, and I, I told you, hey, I think that this team is good enough to win the uh, whole thing, to get back to Omaha and win the whole thing. It's a super long season. There's going to be a ton of hurdles to get over, but there's a pretty good chance, at least, to for this team to win enough games, to, to get enough momentum. And the big question will continue to be the pitching staff. Hey, do they have enough arms? So, good first series. Then you go play Texas Tech, which of all of the teams that Texas State puts, or correction, Texas State, for all the teams that Texas State puts on the field, uh, you get to host the Bobcats. That helps. They think they're going to be a super regional team this year. They think they're going to win their conference this year. Of all the teams that Texas State fields, the baseball team might be the most consistently competitive. Ty Harrington before did a great job. Stephen Trout does a great job. You eke out a win against Texas State, six to five, and then you go and bring in number twenty UCLA. Big wins, four three, six three on uh, Friday and Saturday. Then Sunday, premier game, beat the brakes off them, thirteen to three in seven innings. Yeah. Pretty good win. Uh, Tuesday of this past week, Washington State. That's an 8-7 win in 12 innings. And then Arizona, a 6-1 win. So that gets us to the Globe Life Field Games happening this week. And that was or this weekend. That's UC, uh, USC, that's Arizona State, and that's USC in that uh, tournament. That's coming up Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the backyard at Globe Life Field is going to be an excellent game. And then Abilene Christian on Tuesday. And then, just like that, Big 12 season starts. Go to Lawrence to take on Kansas. So, no rest for the weary. This baseball season is going to be a great one. This baseball season is going to be a great one. You know how I know that? Because you can watch the way these guys are swinging the bats. You can watch the way these guys are playing. They have looked incredible to start. I talked to a couple of friends of mine and I was saying like, Hey, which baseball teams 
are you highest on coming into this season? And these are guys who are, you know, more nationally college baseball guys. They're not really paying all that close attention uh, to what is happening. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're more national. They're not paying attention to what's happening in the Big 12. And everybody across the board in the group chat was saying TCU. Now, there's a bunch of teams in this conference who think that they could have a chance to win the whole thing. Texas wants to leave this conference with a Big 12 ba- baseball championship. There's a lot of teams that think they could do some good stuff. But I will say, TCU going 9-0 to start feels pretty good. It's nice to look at the, uh, the, the scoreboard and see a zero in that right column. The big series, they all happen in April. May rolls around. That's when you're going to really start having to lock in and pay attention, right? But I would say for any casual baseball fans that this is going to be a very, uh, this is going to be a great season. I'm, I'm super, I'm super pumped. Um, Let's talk about some guys who have played really well. Brody Green, he's batting 529 again early in the season. Nine hits, three doubles, five RBIs, 15 total bases. Really good start. Logan Maxwell, he's batting 393. Again, started seven games here. Uh, 11 for 28, four doubles. You know, jacking the ball has been uh, Peyton. Catherine and uh, Chase Brunson, they both have three and two home runs. And then uh, Corn Bruin, um, 14 RBIs to start the year. You can't argue, you can't ask for much more from your guys than that. Uh, that's going to do it for the podcast today. TCU Baseball, again, like I said, they play in their Globe Life games, hap- Globe Life uh, tournament happening this weekend. Uh, it's going to be on Flow Sport TV. It's also going to be on the radio a couple places. USC, Arizona State, and USC. So, funny enough, next year, that's going to be a Big Ten team, a conference game, and a Big Ten team uh, that they would be playing. I was kind of disappointed that TCU didn't go to Minute Maid, didn't play in the Minute Maid Classic. It's, I think, some of the best teams in college baseball that are playing over there. It is uh, Texas. It's TC, or it's Texas. It's Texas State. It's Vanderbilt, and it's LSU. Those are the four teams that are in that tournament this weekend uh, in Houston. I understand Globe Life, it's in your back door or it's in your backyard. You want to play those games, especially seeing that you've played, I think, what, nine home games already? Let's just keep that streak going. You don't have to go on the road, so you got to go to Lawrence. I'm not against that. However, I would have liked to see them play some real competition or really, you know, I'm not saying USC and Arizona State aren't real competition. I am saying the competition that's going to be in Houston is going to be a lot better. I was disappointed I didn't see that. So that's going to do it for the podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, interview to the Hypnotoad podcast, whether that be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your Hypnotoad podcast, please, please, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing. And then, of course, send us your reviews on Apple Podcasts by emailing Pete Mundo, the boss, Mundo M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. He will send you a free koozie in return. It doesn't get better than that. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week with more of your favorite TCU athletic content. We'll see you guys next week.